Hey folks, Sam Whitfield here. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for downloading the audio podcast and listening to the show wherever you may be. I really appreciate it. And I would like to let you know that you can also now support the show directly via Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report, you can now support the show using Apple Pay or Android Pay on your mobile device, depending on which type of phone you have. And you can contribute $1, $5, or $10 as the three levels of contribution. I would really appreciate anything that you can give. Every little bit helps the show. And you can find the link to support the show directly in your show notes, depending on which app you're using. I would really appreciate the support if you can. If not, please uh, continue to support the show by giving us a rating on iTunes and sharing with your friends. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the show. God bless. Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out, or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from NGC1 here in South Florida. And I want to thank you very much for tuning in to the show tonight, wherever you may be and uh, whenever you may be watching, if you're watching on the uh, podcast uh, later on, or if you're listening, I should say, to the podcast or watching this in archive. I don't know how to, uh, else to put it, folks. Um... Anyway, contact info as usual. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 71 underscore NGC. 
Follow me on Gab at Sam Whitfield, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report, and of course, the SamWhitfield.com for all my information. I need to update the website, by the way. I really need to, to do that. It's been forever. Anyway, folks, how are you? It's been a while. At least it feels like it. Uh, obviously, I didn't do a Thursday show because it was Thanksgiving. Um, but anyway, did everyone have a good Thanksgiving? I certainly hope so. I hope for your sakes it was as good as mine. Believe it or not, folks, I managed to, uh, I managed to stay away from politics this Thanksgiving. Our entire family did, as a matter of fact. Part of that is because most, mostly everyone at the table shares the same political views, although I think there were maybe one or two people who, uh, disagreed with us politically, but I'm not sure. Long story short, it just didn't come up, and uh, it was very enjoyable. And you know, I know it's harder for uh, some people to uh, avoid politics at Thanksgiving than uh, than others. Uh, I, for one, am almost never the instigator, at least not in recent years. Um, Obviously, people know that I do this podcast. Um, and so, they'll ask me my opinion on things, uh, on Thanksgiving, and I'll, I'll just tell them, I'm off today. I'm not doing the show. Uh, tune into the show or, you know, download or whatever you do, and, uh, you know, I, I have I have seventy I have seventy plus episodes of this podcast, and I have about oh three to five hundred more. If you go back to the Whitfield analysis, I mean, I've got content out the wazoo. So uh, you know, I I just always tell people if if you. If you need to know my political opinion on something, if you're that desperate to know what my views on things are during Thanksgiving, download my podcast. It's as simple as that. <sighs> so, and then of course we had Black Friday, uh, which honestly I've never been a big uh, Black Friday person, folks. I mean, I get that there are all these deals and discounts going on and whatnot, but as far as stores goes, I I could never I could never get up at like 3 a.m. in the morning, or you know, God, I think it's earlier now. I think some of these stores have been at like 1 a.m. a.m. in the morning. I, I, I have trouble getting my ass out of bed at nine in the morning, uh, on a weekend. Never mind getting myself out of bed at one 
in the morning to go shopping. So, uh, in fact, in fact, I remember, uh, you know, a few years ago, back before everyone started shopping on Amazon, I, I people were on Facebook talking how I, how, oh, I, I, I went out there and, uh, I did Black Friday, and I'm like, good for you. I stayed in, I stayed home, and, uh, literally slept in and then did my shopping on Amazon. So, uh, you know, I, I think people are catching on to online shopping now, but, uh, geez, there are, there are still some crazy Black Friday, uh, events happening, and it never ceases to amaze me. We always have a story of Black Friday tragedies happening, and they always happen either in Florida or some other part of the South, because, well, that's just how insane this uh, state is. So, uh, quite, quite literally, the state is insane. In fact, uh, a headline from Fox News... Uh, one person dead after domestic dispute in Florida Walmart turns violent. One person, uh, yes, folks, you read that right. So, uh, another fuck up in Florida. Um, one person is dead and another is in custody after a domestic dispute between a male and female turned violent inside of Florida Walmart on Saturday. Authorities say. Okay, so this wasn't quite Black Friday, but when I googled Black Friday, this was one of the first things that came up. Uh, Alcala Police said that a domestic argument, quote-unquote, between a male and female began in the Garden Center on East Silver Springs Boulevard about 2.30 p.m. According to, to the police, the pair moved inside the Walmart where the female began to scream for help. Store employees attempted to intervene and call 911 without success. Police say the male sh suspect shot the woman, killing her. The suspect fled the scene but was later captured by authorities. They have so far only identified him as a black male, age 55. Ah, uh, well, uh, yeah. What, Ocala Police on, set, Ocala Police said on Twitter that he suffered a self-inflicted gunshot wound but is quote-unquote alive and being transported to an area hospital. The victim has yet to be identified as police attempt to contact her kin. So, uh, they don't really say whether that this is Black Friday related, but amazingly enough, this came up in my search when I googled Black Friday, so... You know, I mean, I had to bash on Fox, but that's misleading. But, uh, at the same time, I can't really say, uh, 
I can't really say I'm surprised because it's uh it's Ocala and you know, I, I bet I bet it was something stupid like a forty inch flat screen. And uh, you know, as far as the guy who uh you know suffered an inflicted gunshot wound we know what he was trying to do, so why not just let him commit suicide like he, like he wants to, right? I mean, I'm sure that there is that there was someone suffering a heart attack or something more legit who could have used that ambulance. Oh, Sam, that's uh, that's a harsh there. Yeah, I I said it. You uh, I mean, what what? Why should the cops, uh, you know, and the paramedics end up uh, saving a dirtbag who kills uh, a, a woman, presumably a, a wife or girlfriend, and then, you know, attempts to kill themselves? <laughs> Fighting over, over a 20-pack of, of do-rags? What, Josh? That that that's racist. Uh, no, just just kidding. You're probably right. It was, it was, it might have been over do rags. It, it was probably over like a flat screen TV or something stupid. It was probably something that they couldn't afford either. Um, although you know somehow the guy got a hold of, you know guns and ammo, which, eh, might not be exactly cheap, but they're not exactly expensive either, so, you know, touche on that, it's just ridiculous, um, anywho, I, I, I did see a few videos of, um, of Walmart brawls, those are hilarious, I actually just saw one on uh, NBC News, so let me see if I can find it again. It wouldn't let me download it. Uh, Walmart Black Friday. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully YouTube doesn't Okay. Okay, yeah, so here we go. There is no sh sort shortage of, uh. There's no shortage of stores over this. Uh, oh, apparently, oh, apparently, uh, California. Well, California and Palmdale, which. I don't know. Palmdale is part of California, so no, never mind. But, yeah, it is California, which is kind of surprising. I'm almost curious to see what the what this does. Okay. Um, reading this off the cuff. It was a really crazy scene. Dozens brawl at Palmdale Walmart over Black Friday, over plea, over uh, pre-Black Friday deal. 
Uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Deputy Anna Stevens pulled up to a Walmart in Palmdale on Thursday night and came upon a pre-Black Friday scene she had heard about before but had never experienced at the megastore. Hordes of shoppers were shouting in each other's faces in the parking lot and a crowd of more than 100 people gathered around them with their phones fixed on the car. Confrontation. Stebbins and about seven other deputies, the Palmdale station's entire Thanksgiving evening shift by her estimate, stepped out of their patrol cars and tried to break up the fracas. It was a really crazy scene, she said. Read the full story on LATimes.com. Okay. I guess we'll, I don't really want to do that, but, <laughs> okay, uh, it's the same story. Um, she spoke with employees working the doorbuster event who told her they didn't know whether the warring factions were well, were yelling over specific, I were yelling over a specific item or if the fight was about something else. Though no injuries were reported, the Palmdale scene was the latest chapter from the from the darker side of America's Thanksgiving tradition. Okay, now folks, do you see why I I do all this on Amazon now or online stores just in general? I don't I, I I'm I am being partially funny, but I'm also being partially serious. This shit is ridiculous. Um, at least 11 people have died due to Black Friday related injuries throughout the U.S. since 2006, including a Long Island Walmart employee who was trampled by a mob of shoppers in 2008. The chaos has become so common during the sales, even the Occupational Safety and Health Administration has issued safety guidelines for stores to employ to protect employees. The scuffle at the Palmdale Walmart began inside the store around the Oh. Yeah, I know I know, Amazon. Jeez, just because I endorsed you doesn't mean I need a pop a bad. I've already spent my money with you guys for Black Friday, so thank, so thank you very much. Um, and as I was saying, the scuffle at the Palmdale Walmart, Walmart began inside the store around 6.30 p.m., authorities said. Store employees told deputies they initially thought they calmed the mully, but that it only moved outside. One of the people in the fight was said to have had a gun, Stubbins said, but deputies found no weapon at the scene. No arrests were made, she said. Emotions were high last night, she said, but they didn't tell us what started it. They were just too angry. Over what? Over a television? Uh, as Josh said, probably. Stebbins said 
like the fight. Stebbins said it seemed like the fight was between two families who kept calling reinforcements to join them in the in the lot. You, you know what this reminds me of? This this reminds me of the news uh, of the of the news station battle from Anchorman from the first Anchorman. That's what I'm picturing right now. Completely. Um, uh, quote, I've been to a, a Walmart on Black Friday. I know they set up the store in a certain way. They move things around, she said. She being the cop, I guess. They put certain, they put certain items that are doorbusters like a TV in the grocery area. They try to make it as calm as possible. Well, that's your problem right there. Well, that's your problem right there, Walmart. Uh, you know, the, the people are, who are hung, who are hungry are going to the grocery aisle and they're getting TVs. No wonder they're going to be pissed. Uh, I'm joking aside, though. Uh, authorities temporarily closed one entrance to the Walmart, but the stores uh, remained open. Stone said. In California, several people have died and many others have been injured during or fall or falling Black Friday sales. Yet yeah, like the store we just read. Two women came to blows at Palmdale's a Palm Desert Toys R Us store in two thousand eight, prompting the men they were with to also start arguing. The younger of the two lifted up a shirt and flashed a handgun, pulling the grip from his <laughs> from his baggy pants and pocket. So we already know what what ethnicity they were from. Ah, uh, we already know what ethnicity they were. Um, if <laughs> if if we if they had guns in their waist pocket and were uh <laughs> and were uh. Brandishing firearms, yeah, we know, we know, okay? <laughs> uh, okay. The other man yanked out his own handgun and started chasing him down the, down the aisle and firing, witnesses said. Both men were killed. Oh, I really, I really shouldn't laugh at, at this, folks, but the, uh, the, the, the you, you, You've got to laugh at just how pathetic the this is. The fact that people, <laughs> the fact that people actually started to like it. I I I I bet it was a gang shooting too. Okay. Ah, uh, let's see. A man from San Bruno was charged with two counts of <laughs> vehicular manslaughter in 2013. After a Black Friday rollover crash killed two of his daughters, including a, a, a CHP officer. Authorities said he had been driving on the hours of sleep. Good go good go God folks. I I swear to God, I'm not I'm not a psycho. I don't find the fact that people have died amusing. I, I, I find the fact that... 
I don't find the fact that people have died amusing. I find the fact that people have died over stupid shit like this darkly amusing. Okay. Uh, retailers strive to maintain order on some of the year's busiest days, and Walmart is no stranger to the, to the chaos. Uh, in 2011, a Porter Ranch store... <laughs> Store pepper sprayed several customers <laughs> in what authorities described as a shopping rage incident. Folks, this is the LA Times, and yet it's reading like a head. It's reading like a story from The Onion. Okay. Uh, in recent years, Walmart has worked with crowd management experts to develop black. <laughs> Friday plans on the on the on the store level. Each <laughs> each location has spaced out its sale products to smooth to smooth traffic flow. Walmart also has a mobile app that allows shoppers to see a store's layout to help them navigate. Oh yeah, like like that'll help. Like that'll help things. You've. You've got families that just go in packs and go shop, Stebbins, the deputy said. Something happens and the, f and the whole family jumped in, and that's what happened last night. That was quite the scene to, s to see. So yeah, folks, in other words, I am right. It, it literally did turn into a, into like a, into like a gang incident. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not the same way that we traditionally think of it, but you know, when you've got when you've got the whole entire family going out into Walmart to to brawl over TV sets, that is some fucking uh, Mad Max shit right there. So, uh, you know, what I want to know is uh, why does the name Black Friday in 2018 still exist, right? Black Friday, that name's kind of racist, as uh, they say. So, uh, you know, I, I, I joke, and that, that is the title of this episode, that Black Fr Friday is racist. I, I bet, I bet some social justice warrior is going to, is going to watch this episode, and think, you know, Sam does have a good point. Black Friday does sound inherently racist. And then they're going to write like a 1,500-page uh, essay on the origins of Black Friday and the patriarchal meaning and, you know, how bad it is because of capitalism and how that's a whole bad thing and how we need to get rid of Black Friday you know, because it's it's a symbol of oppression, and uh, you know they'll write a whole essay on it. It'll get it'll get uh, published, and you know then the outrage mob will go crazy, and then you know retailers everywhere will have to acquiesce because most companies are pussies these day days. So uh, yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, I think Josh uh, hit the nail on the head. Well, I can guarantee they weren't fighting over work boots or Father's Day card. Yeah, like I said, I, I almost... I almost went out. I could have gone out for Black Friday, but I, I didn't. The thing it is, I don't really need anything that badly. Maybe I'll get something on Friday on Friday number. <laughs> oh no, oh no! Black Friday is like this. It's like Jewish Christmas. They never get rid of it. Uh, what, Joy? That that is that is uh that is anti-Semitic. No, I'm I'm kidding. Well, well, well. I mean, see that that's 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 the thing though, because Jews are not really an oppressed class, according to so to social justice warriors. Jews do quite well for themselves. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, I know that's, a, I know that's a bit of a stereotype, and I, I mean that as, as a compliment, but yeah, you know, Jews actually do pretty well for, for them, so, for themselves, and, uh, you know, so do, so does corporate America, so, you know, they don't really fit the uh, social justice curb anymore, so it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, a Asians do extremely well, and they're getting the uh, the wrath of the social justice warriors now now too. So, uh, you know, what what can I say about about Black Friday? It's uh, it's insane. It's insane, and, uh, you know, I'm, I just, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous, uh, that people go out, go out and get into fights over stupid stuff like that, but then again, it does happen in areas like, uh, South Florida and Palmdale, California, which I, I guess from what, I'm hearing from I'm meeting Josh say it, it it does uh it does uh you know happen a lot in that era. So uh with that in mind folks, let's uh let's do something completely random, shall we? And by completely random how how random what do I need? What what do I mean by random? I mean this type of random. Oh yeah! See everybody! Some of you don't know what this is. You are the love chaser. 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 You are the love
this is the this is the battle cry of uh, people fighting in you know, Walmart on Black Friday. They needed this guy to come in and uh, do Black Friday. Alright, uh, I won't play the whole video, but yeah, I found that a few years ago. Uh, Nick DePaul used to play that on his podcast years ago, and I, I had it on the computer I'll I'll break that uh off. I'll I'll break that out every once in a while just for something completely uh random but yeah is that Iranian Randy Savage well it's I I think that's Indian Jesus I'm not sure um I'm I'm not I'm not sure I, I think that's I I think that's like the, the equivalent of, of Indian Jesus. Um, this guy I I looked him on his channel. He's like one of these. I don't know what the uh, it's not Imam that because that's Muslim, but he's some Hindu spirit guide. And I've all, I've read that he's actually a cult leader, and like that's that concert is that's like a thing he does at like his concert, and uh, like the the comments on YouTube, at least those that are in English, they're uh, if you think uh, if you think Blow and Benjamin ran a cult. The, uh, you know, Blowin', Blowin's cult has, has nothing on, on this guy. I mean, he can play piano, sure, but can he literally, can he get a crowd to, uh, literally start raving? Uh, <laughs> on command? Simply by saying love charger? So, oddly enough, it... Oddly enough, his goat made the the same exact noise noises in that before. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. So on a uh, on a little bit more of a serious note, not that we haven't been talking about some serious stuff like Black Friday, uh, you know, gang violence and whatnot. On a more serious note, uh, some people have asked me my opinion on the whole fallout between Jordan Peterson and basically everyone on the on the right uh, regarding um, Jordan's P on tweet on Kavanaugh. People have actually asked me about that. I meant to get to this on the Thursday audio podcast, but uh, obviously with Thursday being Thanksgiving, I didn't get around to it. 
So, uh, I'll just give my brief opinion on this, and then I actually want to play a video uh, because Peterson himself responded responded to uh, kind of the fallout. Here's my here's my whole whole take. The only people who are being who are really disappointed by what Peterson said about Kavanaugh, I find, are the people who uh, became part of his whole cult, so to speak, with the with the lobster thing. Um, I've been I've been pretty upfront about this. Um, I'm not a Jordan Peterson fan per se. I don't dislike Peterson, but I never, I just never got why, you know, he, why he's, why he is supposedly uh, so instrumental in changing people people's lives. Um, I suppose if his books help you that's good i'm i'm glad and uh you know whatever helps people what whatever helps you uh be a better person good on you uh but i will say that uh i will say that a lot of his stuff at least what i've noticed and people always get a little PO'd when I say this a lot. A lot of his uh, a lot of his a lot of his material for Twelve Rules for Life, at least what I've read, seems to kind of be a uh, seems to kind of be loosely based off of this book, which I've recommended to uh, many people. Happiness is a serious problem with Dennis Prager. And uh, I seriously recommend that you check this this book out if you really want the uh, if you really want a good help help self book. Um, I've had this for years now. Uh, it 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 basically talks about happiness. At the end of the day, is the uh, is the individual's choice and in about how uh, well outside forces can affect certain events in your life. Ultimately, it's up to you at the end of the day to be uh, in charge of one's own happiness. So you're welcome. I kind of just spoiled the whole premise of this this book for you. Um, but go ahead and check it out. It's interesting though because when I when I recommended this, uh, I was in a Facebook group, and uh, when I posted this, that I recommend this book, a lot of the same people who originally were praising uh, Jordan Peterson and uh, you know who were calling Prager a hack. And an intellectual bottom feeder, uh, which is ironic, considering that, like I said, it seems to me I don't want to say that Peterson stole the premise of this book, 
But I mean, it's it's loosely the same thing. The cover, even the cover, from what I've seen, even looks the same, somewhat. So uh, you know that that's my whole opinion on the, on the Peterson thing. And in, in regards to Kavanaugh, I'm not really surprised that he, uh, you know, that he became a bit partisan. His uh, his explanation for why he tweeted what he tweeted is pretty interesting, though. And I do I do want to play a little clip of it for you. Not saying uh, I completely agree with what he's saying. But I do think he kind of reveals the truth about himself here, and it's interesting to watch, no doubt. So uh, here's a clip of uh, Peterson talking about why he, uh, you know, kind of the blowback he's received uh, regarding his tweet about Kavanaugh. Roll the, roll the clip. You caught some Twitter flack for your comment on Brett Kavanaugh. Care to address your comment and the blowback? Well, I addressed the comment because I wrote a blog post, and so that was probably the right way not only to address it, but that would have been the right way to handle it to begin with. So I'll, I'll, I'll address it. Uh, sure, I'll address it. And I'll address the blowback as well. Look. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean that it's the only idea. And just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's right. And so, like, it's weird for me in some sense to... Okay, so is this him admitting that he's wrong? Or is he just stating things in general? I, I agree with him so far that just because you have an idea doesn't mean that everyone else has to uh, have the same idea. Oh yeah, Jolly, it's it's not just you that hears the, the Kermit voice. He's actually par parodied himself uh, in regards to that. He, uh, he actually has a Kermit the Frog puppet in, it, in his office. I, I will say this, he doesn't take himself too seriously, despite the fact that he always looks super depressed and on the verge of suicide. I, uh, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen Peterson smile once. Engage in public discourse, especially politically, because you see, I've been in I've been a researcher for a very long period of time. And so most of the people that I've talked to about serious ideas, most of them, many of them. Okay, I'm going to scroll back real quick because what you just said is deeply important. Here's the, uh, let's go again. It's weird for me in some sense to in, engage in public discourse, especially politically, because, you see, I've been in, I've been a researcher for a very long period of time. And so most of the people that I've talked to about serious ideas, most of them, many of them, have been researchers, 
graduate students, for example. And when you're talking about a problem, whatever it might be, if you're research-oriented, what you do is kind of what you do if you're a therapist, the way I laid out advice for a young therapist earlier. It's like, okay, well, what does everybody think the problem is? And so you, you assume that you don't know. It's like, okay, well, we have a big discussion about what everybody thinks the problem is. Well, what do you think the real problem is? Like, what's the real problem with the Kavanaugh situation? Okay, before I get into that, I want to point something out here. Because did you guys catch that? He has said that he was not engaged in the world of politics. He's a researcher. Now, that's very important because for the last year or so, ever since he got uh, brought to the forefront for being yeah, for speaking up against Canada's dumbass uh, PC censorship laws, which again I think w on that, I think we all should applaud him. I absolutely think that. And he's, he's right to stand for that. To stand up against that. But I think people often forget that at the end at the end of the day he is a professor and a clinical psychologist and not a political figure or a media personality like uh, I am or Milo is or Cernovich or who, or, you know, take your pick. He doesn't exactly come from the, the, uh, he doesn't necessarily come from the same, uh, background of political commentary that a lot of us, us did, or political activism. So, when people were getting pissed off at him for not being a, uh, political commentator, or, you know, or for somehow, how, you know, like somehow he betrayed our movement or, or left us, I'm always kind of baffled because it's like, well, he never was a big political figure to begin with. I don't think that was his intention. Uh, I'm not necessarily letting him off the hook here. I'll, I'll just kind of his, what he's going to explain for why he tweeted what he he tweeted, but I just want to get that notion out of the way that he was a political figure to begin with. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's what my face looks like during taking a, uh, a Duke in the morning watching SJW cringe videos. Yeah, that's what, that's what my face, that's what my face looked like, uh, reading those, uh, those all those bear tweets from way back in um, June when I was just trying to have a reasonable conversation and everyone was uh, saying F you to me and whatnot. Anywho. Well, one might be, well, Kavanaugh was accused of sexual impropriety when he was a high school student. And because of that, he's not, his suitability for the Supreme Court is in question. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, maybe. 
And maybe that's not the problem. Who the hell knows what the problem is? So here's a bunch of possibilities. Um, we haven't had a reasonable discussion about what constitutes an acceptable uh, statute of limitations with regards to accusations of misbehavior between individuals. It's like, well, can you accuse someone reasonably five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, 40 years later? Like, is there a limit? Do you, is there a more, do you have a moral obligation if you're going to accuse someone or even seek justice to do that within a reasonable period of time? Who knows? We, we don't, so that's a problem. Um, what exactly are the rules that govern the conduct of men and women when they're young, when they're drinking? Are we going to have that conversation? No, we're not going to have that conversation either because no one wants to think of that through and they especially don't want to think it through with regards to the complicating f additional feature of alcohol. thing about alcohol is the reason that people drink is so that they can act stupidly and have fun. Now, the problem with acting stupidly and having fun when you're... Okay, I'll, I'll, that's the first point I'll disagree with Peterson on. Uh... People, a lot of people I know don't just drink to get drunk and act stupid. I know some people that do that, but there are other people like me who drink beer because, as the great Justice uh, Kavanaugh has said himself, I like beer. I will always uh, like beer. Uh... I forget the whole quote, but Peterson essentially makes the uh, the broad sweeping statement that people drink because they want to act stupid. Nah, okay. I think that's um, I think that's applicable for maybe some people, but not for all of us. And that this is my big problem with him um, is that he makes the, the broad generalization. Okay, and yeah, Josh, you're right. Everyone, everyone, I, everyone I knew growing up drank to get drunk literally. Um but you know, but I'm just saying that that's you and Brian and look, I know. Uh, I know people who drink to get drunk too, but I also know people who drink just in celebratory times and whatnot too. Anywho. ...is that it makes you anxious, and so you don't do it. But alcohol, especially for people for whom alcohol is a good drug, ramps up the excitement of impulsivity and quells the anxiety. And so people always drink, often drink, because they want to go out and be stupid and have fun. And look, I understand that. There's something to be said for stupid fun. But it's but one of the things that also needs to be said about it is it's bloody well dangerous. And so we don't want to have that conversation. We don't have that conversation on campuses. We talk about the rape crisis. Nobody talks about the alcohol sexual assault crisis. If men and women didn't drink together, there'd be virtually no sexual assault. And in fact... If people didn't drink at all, there'd be almost no violent crime because alcohol contributes to violent crime in a manner that you can hardly imagine. But 50% of people... Okay, this this was another argument that Peterson brought up that I, that I disagree with 
completely. He's he's bringing up he's bringing up an argument literally from a hundred years ago. The alcohol contributes to violence, therefore we must get rid of it. Um, Jordan, we tried that. It was called prohibition, and uh, violent crime sky skyrocketed. Remember, remember all those. Uh, Remember all those figures like Al Capone and, uh, you know, Nucky Thompson and, uh, you know, Big Jim Colosimo? Basically, do you remember the heyday of organized crime in America? Well, obviously, Peterson might not because he's Canadian and I don't know if American organized crime really ever got studied in Canada. I don't know. If that's the case. But, you know, we, we tried prohibition and it didn't stop violence at all. In fact, it got way worse. And, you know, I mean, I suppose this is the argument try and ban something and people find a way to get it. So. Uh, eventually, the government did the right thing and said, "This is stupid to ban, you know, to to uh, prohibit alcohol. Organized crime is on is on the rise. They uh, they broke, you know, they lifted the the uh, I can't remember what the amendment was to ban alcohol, but um, they they basically got rid of prohibition and organized crime." From basically the 30s, from basically like the 30s to the uh, early 50s was pretty much broken. And now, of course, you, we can go into the whole thing with JFK and the Teamsters and organized crime in the 60s and 70s. And I, I, I love studying gangster history and all of that, but that's... Uh, That's another topic for another time. Who are murdered or drunk, and about 50% of the people who do the murdering are drunk. And that's probably an underestimate because the stats aren't kept that well. And it also depend, depends on how you define drunk. So that could also be a problem. Um, while the liberals, left types, let's call them the left-leaning progressive types, don't want a conservative on the Supreme Court. Uh, the left-leaning types aren't happy that Trump won the election. Um, the conservatives want to rush our candidate onto the Supreme Court come hell or high water because of the November election. Um, then there's another problem. Well, is this about Kavanaugh at all, or is this about Roe and Wade and about abortion? Well, who knows, right? It's about all those things. So it's an unbelievably complicated, god-awful situation. And so Eric Weinstein and Brett Weinstein were tweeting about this, and it was late at night. Okay, what it, what exactly is he referring to here? I I I think he's referring to what is the whole Kavanaugh controversy about? The whole Kavanaugh controversy, Jordan, in case you weren't paying attention, is that some random chick 
from his past, and that's literally what, what she is. She's literally some random chick from, from his past that no one knew about. And, um... You know, and she accused him of sexual assault and rape with zero evidence. That's what this whole thing is about. And, I mean, yeah, there are some things... I mean, Kavanaugh certainly is pro-life. But, I mean, Roe v. Wade was a very small part of this. Other than the fact that uh, Blasey Ford has gotten money from Planned Parenthood and other uh, abortion pill manufacturers, she's a lobbyist for some of them. Uh, but, but that's... Uh, that's uh, only half of the story here. And Eric said... As far as I can tell, either way, this is not going to end well. And I thought, oh, he said, is there an alternative? Is there a way out of that? And I thought, oh, that's an interesting question. What might be a way out of that? And I thought, well, Kavanaugh is in a rough position because he can't withdraw, obviously, and perhaps shouldn't, um, without his reputation being shattered. And if he doesn't get nominated, same thing. His life is basically over. So, But on the other hand, he's tangled up in a scandal that's of sufficient murk and mud so that it isn't self-evident that he can serve as a Supreme Court justice without having every single one of his decisions, especially in contentious cases, produce a tremendous amount of social upheaval over the next two or three decades. And it isn't obvious that that's a great move forward. Now, it might be fine. I mean, there's been... Um, controversy around other Supreme Court justice nominations, and that seems to have basically sorted itself out. And I already... Okay, so Peterson is essentially contradicting himself right there again. He's saying that Kavanaugh won't be able to make a single decision without the blowback of this supposed scandal uh, coming up every time he makes a ruling. And then he's saying it won't. Which is it, Pete? Which is it, Peterson? And by the way, I—I I mean, I think now that you know, I think now that everyone's found out that the whole four thing is a sham. I mean, even she's admitted it to a certain a certain extent. No one is going to question his rulings based on this. Based on the whole false allegation. If they do, they're idiots. Because even she's admitted that she basically lied. And that this whole thing was a big farce to get media attention. Just because you're thinking something through doesn't mean you're right. It's a, it's, a, it's a simulation. So I thought, well, if I was in Kavanaugh's position and I felt that my um, 
candidacy had been compromised, perhaps through no fault of my own, I am not saying anything about his innocence or guilt, but that my candidacy had been compromised by this interminable and ugly scandal, and that meant that my tenure on the Supreme Court might be marked by culturally divisive controversy in the long run, maybe it would be better for me to be nominated to say, look, it's too murky, it's too muddy, and I don't think the country is best served by my accepting the nomination. Then the Conservatives can nominate another um, candidate, get their person on the Supreme Court, so there's no necessary loss there, and perhaps we could move forward with a minimum, relative minimum of divisiveness. Now, look, in my blog, I laid out all the reasons why that isn't a good idea. Like, here, maybe if you just give me five seconds, I can read some of them, because I tried to make a steel man case for why my idea wasn't a good one, my idea about him withdrawing. So just give me one second, and I'll read all the potential objections, just so that you know that I've thought them through. Um, So perhaps the Democrat opposition would mount a similar campaign against my putative successor. Well, that's certainly possible. I said, well, that would provide virtually unassailable evidence for the purely manipulative and political motivation of the accusers, forcing them to duplicate their strategy a second time. That would help reveal the machinations for what they were in a manner that would be virtually undeniable. Perhaps time is of the essence and there'd be no way to place another candidate of conservative leaning on the bench before the November elections. As they say, however, act in haste, repent in leisure. Okay, and then other, other um, arguments against my position. Here they are. Oh, yes. If Kavanaugh withdrew after being nominated, here's what might happen it would be read as an admission of guilt on his part. It would embolden those who would use reputation destruction as a political maneuver. It would weaken the generally and vitally important idea of the presumption of innocence. It would indicate weakness on the part of the Republicans at a key moment prior to the November elections. It would mean that an innocent man has been successfully pilloried by a mob. It would validate the use of allegations of past behavior well past any reasonable expiry date as a weapon. It would destroy the Republican opportunity to choose a Supreme Court justice, hand the Democrats an unearned victory, embitter a large percentage of the conservative base who would regard the withdrawal as a betrayal, and last and perhaps least, violate my own personal adage, for what that's worth, of don't apologize if you haven't done anything wrong. Okay, so I understand the weakness. Okay, so whoever wrote that argument to Peterson is absolutely right. Here's the here's the bottom line, and I'll play I'll play the remainder of this clip here. I think Peterson's big problem here is that he's being super indecisive. That's my problem. It's not necessarily that he's betraying Kavanaugh. As I've said, I think the big mistake people make with Peterson is that. Um, He's, I think the big mistake people make with Peterson, as I said, people assume that ever since he got involved in politics back in 20, 
16, so wow, almost two years ago now, actually, that he's a political figure when, in fact, he's not. He's a professor and a clinical psychologist. He is also revealing himself to be indecisive, though, folks, and that's the big problem that people have with Peterson right now. of that position. Um, I was putting it forward as a potential third alternative. Now, look, it's perfectly reasonable to put things to out to put things forward as alternatives. That's thinking. Now, having said that, I made some mistakes. Okay, so the first mistake was don't tweet complicated ideas in 140 characters about contentious issues in the midst of a controversy at two in the morning. Right? Bad idea. And so one of the consequences of this for me is that I've withdrawn quite a lot over the last three weeks from Twitter. It's Twitter's a very dangerous platform. And so I'm taking a break from it while I'm reevaluating its utility. And so I, I, cause I, I talked to my son about this before and other members of my family. And we had agreed that I wasn't going to post anything on Twitter that should be made into a blog. But the problem with Twitter is that it, or the problem with me, who knows where the problem is, is that Twitter invites and facilitates impulsive responding. And so I'm not convinced that it's necessarily a good platform for me. I, of all the places that I tend to get into trouble, Twitter is sort of at the top of the list. Now, he, he's not alone. And he's right on all accounts. He shouldn't have tweeted that, but he's also right that Twitter is the worst place to have a discussion on anything. And Facebook's not that... Facebook, I guess you could argue in some ways, is worse. But in Facebook, people can actually write full-blown sentences and whatnot. Um, so... Uh, by the way, big shout out to uh, Nacho who's in the uh, in the chat. Good to see you, uh, Nacho. And, and apologies. Initially, I thought you were just a troll uh, here on on the channel, but it's good to know that you're actually a real person. So if I haven't acknowledged you before, welcome. So. Uh, anyway, though, yeah, Peter. So Peterson made a, a big mistake by tweeting that complex out idea out. I I think the other mistake he made though is he's too he's become too indecisive with his um he's become too indecisive with it with his messaging. Lately, he's trying to please too many people, and uh, I, you know, I, I think now that he's gone into the political spectrum, it's a little too late to put that genie back in in the bottle, so to speak. Believe me, I've I've tried to walk away from political commentary. It's not as easy as one thinks, but uh, you know. I, I can certainly understand why people are, are are upset with him. I really can. Um, 
I think uh, we'll have to see what goes on in the future with Peterson and uh, with others like him. It'll be interesting to see if this uh, intellectual dark web continues to manifest or if it peters out, so to speak. Pardon the pun. Okay. And uh, just kind of as another cleanser, let's, uh, let's, let's finish off that discussion with uh, this... Yeah, that's the whole point, Joy. It's completely terrible. Uh. Brian, it's... Oh, that's right. You weren't here earlier in the show when I, when I played this. Yeah, it's a... It's a completely random video that Nick DiPaolo used to play on his... Show a... Uh, a long time ago. Um... Supposedly this guy is a cult is a cult leader um who he's like some Indian shaman guy or something who hypnotizes people with his music and convinces them to give him money um <laughs> so yeah yeah so, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's interesting. One, uh, I do want to play a few more clips. I know we're going late here, but, uh, yeah. You might need to cleanse again after hearing that, but I, ah, that, that's hilarious. Well, cleansing is always good, right? So, uh, someone shared with me, uh, someone sent this hilarious mashup of, uh, Joey Diaz and Elon Musk to me earlier in the week on the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving. Uh, someone sent this to me and I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It's, it's gotten some views, but, uh. You know, it's it's still going, so I, I do want to play an excerpt of this. These people do the YouTube uh, mashups of the Joe Rogan interviews. Some of them are extremely 
extremely creative. Uh, so, there. oh, there's one where Joey Diaz meets himself, which is hilarious. Maybe I'll play that one in a, in a little bit, but this... This Elon Musk one, let's put let's put this under things I love, so to speak. Um, you know, if I was going to do a Shapiro thing, this would definitely be a things I love category. So this YouTube matchup of Joey Diaz meeting Elon Musk is absolutely hilarious. The first man to smoke marijuana never really smoked it. He inhaled it. He was a Chinese man. He was a very great man. And whenever he lit the, 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 the plant, it wasn't to get high. But he would start to get high. And every time he got high, a blue bird would come to him. <laughs> I'm drinking kombucha with water. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening on the audio-only podcast, let me explain what's going on here. Joey Diaz is basically monologuing while Elon Musk is smoking a a blunt, and they're they're con they're conversing. It's basically a mashup of Joe's of one of Joe's shows with uh, Joey Diaz, and uh, then the Elon Musk interview. It's it's hilarious. So just. If you're listening to the other podcast, I, I definitely recommend you go back and watch this later. But, um, you know, for those of, for those of you who can watch this, you, you'll enjoy this. It gets better as it goes on. Have you ever been to Disneyland? I mostly live in L.A. You know what? Fuck California. Go and try living in the woods by yourself for a while. Why are we doing this? It's crazy. I just thought there was a civil war starting today. I don't want to jump the gun on that. I got pistol whipped with the the gun to the head. Nothing bled, thank God, but it fucking hurt. And I looked at them like, what are you crazy? Elon with the sword. Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. Yeah. The way the tire was hitting the speeds, like the how fast they were going uphill. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. The first 30 minutes of that, like, I thought I was going to die. I tried to convince people to slow down. It's just mind-blowing. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but... Even in Turkey, we lose our fucking minds. My friend who I kidnapped showed up. That would cause a lot of trouble. He was the king of me, too. This is also true of Facebook. <laughs> I saw that movie, Chimpanzee. I thought it was going to be like some Disney thing. I was like, holy cow. Bro, that movie's like a porn. Damn, these chimps are mean. <laughs> Two hours on the monkey bars. <laughs> and they kill each other. And they torture each other. That's pretty bad. Um, they hunt monkeys. That's like a light porn. Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to sound like, like things are too dark. The universe as we know it will dissipate into a fine mist of cold nothingness. What the fuck is this? I'm not that good looking and I'm not happy. So I'm a suck. Bro. I think best case scenario, we effectively merge with AI. Get the fuck up before I fucking kill you, you dumb motherfucker. No. No, that, no, definitely not. Definitely not. It was good. That would cause a lot of trouble. Sleep in the garage. No dinner. This is not a wise move. 
Mm-hmm. Should not do this. It's very dangerous. Why? Fuck you, motherfucker. I wouldn't recommend it, but... And that would be probably a safer way to go about things. Go home, you little guinea fuck. You know, it's just a hole in the ground. Go home, you little guinea fuck. I know I could rock and roll. I could throw down on seven straight. But it's got to be seven straight. No, no, no. Get up to pee two times because once you're 50, it could be up and down. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Dog, I've been a specialist on sleep since day one. Mm -hmm. So my mom would wake me up every night at 3.30 in the morning with a Cuban sandwich. You know, there are things, there need to be things that make you look forward to waking up in the morning. You wake up in the morning, you look forward to the day, look forward to the future. I did cocaine for 30 years. It's probably not wise. I've been in a fucking other dimension since last week, and I don't give a fuck. Uh, It's not necessarily bad... It's just... How many people are going to try to assassinate Kevin Hart with weapons? I tried for years. <laughs> He's just a creepy <laughs> fucking dude. That's true. That motherfucker oh, still cold raping. Kevin Hart. Uh, he became friends with this dude. They had a cat, and they started raping him. Sort of primal drives. <laughs> there will be an outcry. There will be an investigation. Years will pass. There will be some sort of insight committee, there will be rulemaking, then there will be oversight, eventually regulations. This all takes many years. I was polishing the fucking, uh, the musket. This is very exciting. Every day I sneak up on him and put a gun to his side. And I go, what's going on? And I pat him in the back and he giggles and shit. Ah, oh, genius. I'm, I'm tiptoeing up to him and he don't even hear me in bushes or nothing like that. That's how good I am. And I don't even know. I'm, I, I've never trained in Quantico. And he, this guy ended up dying of age in real life. Bad. If your biological self dies, you could just probably just upload into a new unit. Are you fucking nuts? Yeah, pretty much. I go, what the fuck am I doing sitting here? Just he, admits, he admits he's what nuts. Ah, uh, well, that's that is hilarious. There's another one uh, where Joey meets uh, where Joey meets Joey, and it's hilarious. the The really famous one that's gotten a vi- viral video play at this point is the uh, Joe Rogan meets Rojogan. I didn't save that one, but maybe I'll. Uh, Maybe I'll play it uh, on Thursday's podcast or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I will go ahead. I won't play the, the Roe Jogan one, but I'll definitely play the uh, the one where Joey meets Joey because, you know, it's a Saturday. We didn't, we didn't do a show on Thursday, so I'm going to go a little long tonight. I, I mean, I've already gone an hour over but I'll go uh you know I'll go a little long tonight just for for you guys so all right this is uh this is Joey Diaz meets Doey Joaz or something like like that uh by the way Nacho glad to hear that you're uh doing well 
Dude, I, I have been reading the, uh, the comments in the, the chat. I, I've, it's interesting. When I've, ever since I've started YouTubing, I kind of keep one eye on the screen and then one eye on the chat, even if, even if I don't always comment. Comment directly on the chat, I'm always kind of reading it off side, so to speak. But I am certainly glad that things are going well for you, so good for you, man. That's all, that's all I have to say. And, uh, best of luck to you on your future endeavors. Okay, let's see. I know I, I know I put this, okay, okay, here it is, this is, this is another hilarious one, Joey Diaz meets Doey Giaz, that's the title, I don't this clip, so, uh, this is equal hilarious, I would say. So wait a second, Joey. With all those degenerate motherfuckers in the tri-state area, what you're telling me is, if you got arrested for gambling in New York City in the 70s and 80s, you got a ticket. Listen, I got caught without a license 10, 15 years ago in L.A., first time ever. I was talking on the phone, I got pulled over, guy goes, where's your license? It didn't work that day. I went down to L.A. County. I stood in front of a judge, bop, bop, bop. The guy looked me straight in the face. He goes, you could pay 200 and come back with your license. Well, give me five fifty, and I don't want to see you again. Knock it the fuck off. It's the two Joes. So I keep thinking about ninety three. I lived in a fucking room with my buddy who did heroin. I had one white shirt. I would sell cars on Eleventh Avenue down there, you know, New York City. I had one white shirt, and I would wear the same shirt every day. I would have to come home, jump in the shower, and I would wash my shirt in the shower, and I would hang it up, and then I would iron it every fucking day. That's how I wanted it. But have you ever seen like a nice looking couple now? Like he's 26 and she's 22 and they're both beautiful. She got perky little tits. She's banging her, her legs are suntan. And you're thinking to yourself, this little young savage must be going home tearing that pussy. I mean, you think back to your little 26-year-old in the afternoons where you take him home and rub him down and give him a good stab and bang it. You come like three times, the whole fucking thing. That never bang. happens no more. Bang it. Like at this age, you look at that and go, I don't ever have it. You ever think of that? I got like two eight balls in my pocket. Get dressed. Let's get the fuck out of here. Not as funny if you're listening to the uh, audio podcast. So I'll definitely link all of these in the uh, in the show description on uh, Apple Podcasts and whatnot. But uh, anyway, folks, that'll do it for tonight's show. I managed to actually cover everything, and it only took me an hour and 20 minutes to do so. So yeah, we did run a little over on time, but I want to thank all of you who uh, who decided to tune in tonight and uh, show up in the chat. And uh, also, for those of you who uh, were... Uh, just lurking 
in the uh, in the background, such as Mr. Morgan. What what's going on, brother? Welcome to the uh, welcome to the end of the party, so to speak. So, no, folks, I want to thank you for watching. If you uh, like the show, please recommend the the the, uh, the podcast slash channel to your friends. Be sure to uh, rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, and also like, comment, subscribe on uh, YouTube as well. So many platforms to keep track of, folks. Uh, from all of us here at NGC Studios, have a uh, have a good evening, and uh, God bless and God save the screen nation. Hey folks, before we wrap up this podcast, I'd like to uh, check the voicemail for this week for the podcast. And uh, we actually do have a voicemail that you can uh, leave messages on via the Anchor app if you're uh, an audio podcast listener. You can download the Anchor app, create a profile, and follow me on Anchor and leave a voice message that way. This week's voicemail comes from uh, Robert Boyle, who listened to my Stanley tribute episode, and he had some very nice words for me, and uh, he posed an interesting question to me. So I want to uh, play his voicemail for you. Take it away, Robert. Thanks for calling in. What's up, my guy? Just gave the first 10 minutes of this episode a listen. Um, This is the first time I'm listening to your podcast, and I got to say, I really like your voice and I like your cadence. I also like the fact that in your Stan Lee moratorium, you actually talked about your own experience and how Stan Lee um, actually impacted your life instead of just saying that he did. I think it lends a lot of credence to the point you made earlier when you said that a lot of people say that so-and-so made an impact, so-and-so had an influence, but it's clear that Stan Lee really did have an influence on you. And that was very clear from what you spoke about in this podcast. Anyway, the reason I'm reaching out is because um, in my own podcast, I'm starting this segment called Make Positivity Louder, where I'm asking people in the anchor community to send me a voice message, 30 to 60 seconds, answering the following question. Tell me about the best thing that happened to you this week. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you could send me a voice message, 30 to 60 seconds. Keep podcasting. Well, Robert, thank you for your voicemail. And by the way, folks, I did uh, reply to Robert's voicemail when he sent me that message last week. And I can't remember what I told him last week for the best thing that happened to me. But I will tell you guys, and Robert, if he's tuning in what happened uh, to me this week, that was the best thing. And that's that I got to spend Thanksgiving with my dear friends and family who I love. Uh, very much. I know that may seem corny, but it's true. I had a wonderful Thanksgiving, as I talked about in the podcast a bit, and I hope all of you did too. Thank you for tuning into the Auto Podcast, and God bless. Keep listening.